Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast, a vision of horror. It is a ghastly scene in here. Offers a glimpse into the past. You are trespassers here. You will not leave alive. Your blood will stain the flagstones for all eternity. Where the revelation of an ancient power. Closer. The secret is for your ears only. Come closer. Brings a chilling truth to the present. When you open the door to... It's like a chill in the room. Mm. And you can, like, see your own breath steaming in front of you as you... (laughs) As the heroes step deeper into the darkness... You can see there are two creatures, at least two creatures, in the room. Every second counts. What do you do? The adventure continues. We're gonna kill him. We're gonna kill him! Oh my god. This is huge! No. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Glass Cannon Podcast. It, it is I, your good buddy, Joe Pal. <laughs> your good buddy, Joe Pal, Joseph O'Brien, here to say you're mere minutes away from episode 172 of the show, and maybe not even multiple minutes because I'm going to be able to keep this quick. We always have the business up top, but uh, a lot of this stuff has already been covered, so I can kind of do the, the bullet point version. October 7th, live show. L.A. Bootleg Theater. Be there. It's our first kickoff live show of a brand new adventure, Strange Aeons, Horror. We're so excited about this. It We can barely contain ourselves. Speaking of kickoff, happy kickoff weekend to everybody who's NFL fans out there. I know. I know I had a great weekend. <laughs> Shut up, Troy. Also on my bullet point docket here is, of course, the Doomsday Dawn Twitches. If you are not checking these out, you have to check them out. Every other Friday, we're working through a seven-part adventure that's designed to test the limits of the new Pathfinder 2nd Edition system. We are doing that every other Friday night. We just had one last Friday, and uh, we're going to have another one on September 21st, another one on October 5th. Make sure you free up your Friday nights for this. This is 8 o'clock Eastern Time. Last week, we had Nick Lowe on the show playing with us. 
We're going to have special guests and stuff. I mean, it, it is it is not to be missed, and it's just great to interact with you guys live there while we're playing the game. This is something that we've been working towards for a long time, and we hope that you uh, thoroughly enjoy the experience. So don't miss out on that. That's all I got uh, for this week. Let's get right back into the episode. Please enjoy episode 170. Has it been 172 episodes? This is lunacy. All right, please enjoy episode 172. I've mentioned before on the show that I have trouble sleeping. And really? obviously with uh, with a newborn, that hasn't gotten any easier. Um, but you know, just in general, I, I, I have a lot of trouble sleeping. Tell me if this makes any sense to you. One thing that happens to me is I will be caught in this state between asleep and awake. And when my asleep mind is in control, I'll be doing a very mundane task like – Let's say uh, I'm putting putting batteries into a remote control. I'm just thinking of something. It's something different all the time, and I forget it when I finally wake up. But it'll be something where I'm like I'm, – I'm sleeping. It's not quite a dream, but I'm putting batteries into a remote control, and then all of a sudden my conscious mind will start to take over, and I'll realize that I'm just caught trying to do this task, and I have to like shake out of it and be like, that's a dream. So let's start over and let's go back to sleep. Am I the only one that this happens are to? Your question, are your limbs moving when you wake up or are you stuck? And you yeah, no, no. You can't I do hate it in the that. Dream. No, we've, we've talked about We've talked about yeah. sleep yeah, I'm just making sure. Every time we do, I have a heart attack, so let's yeah. move on. <laughs> yeah, no, this is just – this is one of my many uh, issues that I have is, is, is I get caught thinking about doing some task and then I start to wake up and realize – I'll be awake and be like, well, hold on. I'll wake up in a second. I just got to finish doing this. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'll that's you, not real. This is not real. I'll tell you what I get. And I think that I have like a psychological problem that has to be addressed. That's I have, certainly true. Yep. I, ha- I have this dream Anger all the time. <laughs> well, that's one. <laughs> I have this dream all the time. It's not the same thing. It's always a different sort of task, right? But uh-huh. it's basically like I'm always trying to leave somewhere and I can just never go. So it's like, it'll be like a shore house, right? And I'll be like, heading home. I just have to like pack up and like, I'll just all of a sudden be like watching TV for an hour and be like, oh my God, I, I had to leave. Like, I what am I doing? Right, like, I was supposed to be at the airport an hour ago. And then I panic and I run into the other room. And then I just like, all of a sudden, I'm just brushing my teeth, like staring in the mirror. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm missing a flight. Like this happens to me all the time with all different themes uh, around wow. it. And I wake up all stressed terrifying. out. Yeah. Terrifying. For me, it's, I thought we were going to be like, on the same page here, Troy. But for me, it's that like simple physical task, like putting remotes in, uh, batteries in a remote or something. Right. But like that's happening in the background of me doing the rest of the dream. Like the rest of the dream is happening. I'm like walking around doing whatever the dream is, and I'm like, it's kind of like in the background of me. Like I'm just like trying to have a conversation. Like put do that simple task. Like, right. Hook my keys on my keychain or put batteries, something and I stupid. can't do it. And the dream goes on for forever, and I get more and more anxious. And then when I wake up, I'm like riddled. With that anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Because, but it, it's always like in the background. And then I'll like about 15, 20 minutes after I wake up, I'm like, oh, right. Because they're in the dream. I couldn't do that simple physical task. You have to physically, you have to tell yourself like, no, no, no that, that part of, is not real. Oh. <laughs> Let's take a break here and go back to bed. I go to the bathroom and I rub my body with cold water because they say like if you lower your body temperature, it helps you go back to sleep. So I'm just like rubbing myself with cold water. Please, please, 
the batteries will fix themselves. It's time to sleep. The salmon walk into the bathroom. Like, what are you doing? Put your clothes on. The mother of my child. Your cat just must be like, what is wrong with you? What's wrong with him? He's up every hour. Um, the reason I bring this Bathing. up is because on top of that phobia, I have stories in my head. I have Giant Slayer in my head. I have Dead Sons in my head. I have the Pathfinder Playtest Doomsday Dawn in my head. And now I also have Strange Aeons in my head. Because that's a bad one to have. Yeah, that's not good to have in my head. I have the Cranberries song Zombie in my head. <laughs> and now Equally so does everybody ter- else. Equally terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, if you haven't heard, we are uh, when we start our new live show, the new Glass Cannon Live in Los Angeles on October 7th, Yeah, we are kicking it off with a brand new adventure. We're playing strange aeons uh and we're pretty excited about it but because of that i now have uh four different adventure paths in my head and uh that's really the last thing i need for someone that cannot stop his brain oh uh, yeah you just need a little <laughs> bit of lovecraftian horrors <laughs> woven into the mix <laughs> that'll ease you down to sleep the at night perfect lullaby <laughs> um uh speaking of hor- horror though uh you had a horrific ending Gar. to last Gar. week's ep horror Gar. horror you saw the the longhouse here pretty early on. I don't know if you saw it right away during Lork's rest in peace uh, first recon mission, uh, reconnaissance man. But it wasn't very long after, if you didn't see it there, that you noticed this longhouse. Might have been Feyraz's flyover, but. You always had this sense that, like, we're not quite ready to go there, slash, let's find out what's going on in the camp before we go to, like, what is possibly a main headquarters. So last episode, you finally go there. You pull the old uh, knock-knock. Giants, just giants doing giant stuff. <laughs> All right, come on in. And uh, they, they got the jump on you. Did I tell you why? Why? No, why? No. Did you? No. No, I don't think I did. Why? It's because... Um, why, Troy? Tell Pembroke us why. aided in the conversation. If someone oh. aids, they hear two voices. Oh. And they know it's a trick. Oh. Because giants never help each other. Ready. So Paizo wrote uh, a scenario in which... By trying to cooperate and play the game as team players, you get penalized. I like that, yes, Paizo. Yes, Great job. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that always keeps you guessing. It always yeah, keeps it you guessing. True. On it's your true. It's true. Keeps on you on your toes. That's very much true. But you guys came in, Frost Giant, two Cyclops, and even though things could have got tough, I mean, you handled them. You handled them, and I'm realizing this. Not that it bothered me after episode, last, last episode, but I kept thinking about, like, there was so little chance for those things to hit you. Like, power attack, no power attack, you know, crit, no crit. Like, it's well, I mean, just what are, are very they C- hard to hit Are they you. CR7? CR8? The I'm not Cyclops sure what they are uh, yeah, I on mean, their own, but... I, I think they're just lower level than us, you know? Yeah. Um, and I made I, them advanced creatures. Right, but and you also uh, used your flash of insight. I mean, look, make no mistake, it, was, it wasn't it was a breeze. I mean, just insofar as... Forebears is down... 85 hit points. Oh, you know Jesus. what I mean? Like, like, I have to heal. Like, I can't. If I go into another fight, done. Yeah. You know, right now. So there has to be some healing that has to happen. Okay. Yeah. Well, now I feel better knowing that you're, you're hurt. Um, <laughs> as written, that was a CR 10 encounter. So by, by adding the advanced template to the Cyclops, it probably bumped it to an 11, maybe even a 12. But like, I, I never felt threatened. I never felt like, I'm going to, ah, I got him this time. What is the arithmetic for, like, what level of CR above an adventuring party would be for, like, a boss battle? Do you know? 
Oh, that's a good question. Like end of the like book, a level above, like what the overall. No, no, is. yeah. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's the average party level. Uh, a level above is considered right. like hard. Two levels above is considered difficult, and three uh-huh. levels above is impossible. Like severe, just severe, something like so impossible. That, meaning like you know, like uh, a high level of difficulty in a video game being like nightmare. So you like, said that was CR eleven, right? We're yeah. about a CR eleven ish party with Pembroke and Firaza. Yeah, what is that. your APL between you? Your your ten point five. Ten point five. Yeah, 10. 10. we're two tens and two elevens. So. Two tens and two elevens. So I think yeah. that felt like a felt about right. Yeah, I felt yeah. about right. Um, especially the way you played it. Taking out that frost giant early was 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 good because he's the one that can really mash. Everything gets thrown off by the gunslinger. You know, th- this is <laughs> yeah. like the fact that the frost giant went down in the first round because of the gunslinger. I mean that. That CR eleven is different for a gunslinger. I think they they get a level up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm depending on what they're fighting. But yeah, and yeah, I'm, that's, true. that's Spe- true. Speaking of the gunslinger, his gun currently only has nine hit points. Oh after right, Rentown. Oh, oh, I forgot about that. Ooh. Well, we can take ten minutes. I can to mend, mend it, right? Yeah. Or, or if it's a magical oh. weapon, is that different? No, no and ten I, minutes. I also have uh, um, uh, the other one. I'm looking for it. The other, there's another spell that I have. Fix gun yeah. level two. <laughs> it's like it's a it's a powered up version of mend. I Blue found mind. a I found a brazier sound set. Oh really? Get a brazier in. Here. A convenient. Oh, time make to hole. Find make hole. Oh great! I don't have it memorized, but I I have that, and I, I do have mending. So I you just make a hole in the gun. Make a hole in the gun. We could each mend it, so. right? It's good. Uh, I can, yeah. You can't mend it twice. Is that true? Is that something? Is that true of mending? Uh, measure twice, cut once. No, I don't know what I'm talking about. All right, so do we want to take 10 minutes and both try to mend his, yes. mend his gun? Yes, let's do that. It's only 1d4. And that'll allow Four Bears time to heal. Yeah, Four Bears is going to heal up. So I'll take the wood, you take the metal. Yep. Pembroke was very uh, cautious about using, uh, overusing spells in that combat. Uh, I think he, would you agree, Skid, you felt like, one, they had it in hand, and two, you don't know what greater threats you're going to face. Yeah, you want to yeah. save those spells. Yeah. Um, Joe, what did I roll on a d4? Four and I rolled a three. Oh! So what is it? That gives me. That's how many hit points I get back on your yep. gun. Yeah. But okay. Great. So it's no longer. Uh, but it's, so it's no longer broken. You it was never made broken. whole. How many? What's how many hit points does it have? Sixteen total? out of twenty-two now. What do you oh, mean it was never broken? It was broken. If it has less than it's yeah, less half, than half. half oh, okay, got it. Yeah. yeah. It's. I don't think it's broken now after the mending. No, no it, it removes the broken condition. Yeah. yeah. So don't ten, worry, I'm trying. So ten minutes come by and no one comes into this room. No, no one comes in, surprisingly. Did we search the bodies? Uh, I don't know if you did. I don't have notes on it. So. I don't think so. All right, let's, let's do a little body search. Yes. Okay, uh, both of the Cyclopses have great axes and hide armor. Nothing else of interest. The Frost Giant also has a great axe and a chain shirt. Uh, you detect uh, a little bit of magic on uh, on his person, and you find that he has a magical torch. Oh, save you the time. It's an ever-burning torch. Ooh. Okay. All right. He also has on his belt a signal horn. Oh. And it's magic? No, the signal horn isn't magic, but you know. I wonder if it was the one that was blown earlier when, after the fight at the, uh, the forge. Oh. Werewolves of London. Should I? Werewolves of London. Right. <laughs> here comes the thunder. Here is a, here's a wild idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. What if? 
Yes. What if? Now hear him out, everyone. Hear me out. <laughs> this is going to sound crazy. I'm going to, but I don't want to. What if All we right. start playing Rise of the Rulers? <laughs> we just stop right here. Hear I'm with you. I'm with you. Can we start rolling at 10th level? Can we start at book six so I can just finish it? Yeah. What, <laughs> what if either via me flying or Pembroke teleporting or something, we go to the opposite end of the camp, blow the horn, and then come back to the longhouse and just go on, as, go on business as usual? Dino, won't you blow your horn? I like it, but I is it crazy? Is it crazy? Is it enough time missing a party member to where we're all in deep doo doo? Yeah. I mean, if you use a teleport, it's. But then we but lose a teleport. I already teleport. used one to get us here. Oh, yeah. I only have one left, and that's to get us home. Yeah, we probably should save that one. If I had three, well, four, <laughs> then maybe I would, but uh, it'd be a great idea. But all unfortunately, right. I'm only 10th level. Pepperk, are you at all interested in this? Pot of boiling uh, body parts. Yes, I am quite horrified yet intrigued by what I have seen therein. So I imagine Pembroke, uh, you know, as, as Four Bears is healing up, and uh, Pembroke has used his magics on Baron's gun uh, with Feyraza, goes up towards the pot, and you know, if you're looking at this, uh, you know, the fire underneath the pot is like licking up and casting shadows. On Pembroke's face. And Pembroke, you, it is a ghastly scene in here. Obviously, some of the body parts have, uh, have been stripped of their flesh, but others are still... If you, you'd think there's like, oh, maybe there's a person in there. Maybe they're still alive. No, it's just like an arm that ends, a leg that ends, an ear, a face just swimming Ugh. hot. And as the light licks up on... Pembroke's face. I imagine him getting lost in thought. And all of a sudden, you see the face of a very young man. But in those eyes, not unlike the end of Saving Private Ryan, you see a young Pembroke cast in the same ghastly light. We pull back to reveal that he's walking down a dusty, half-ruined corridor. The walls are emblazoned with ancient Osiriani hieroglyphics. There's light emanating from the headpiece of his staff, which is not the same collapsible seat attachment staff we've come to know, but it's a clear crystalline gem on top of it. Behind him, are two men with their weapons drawn. One looks like a, uh, a mercenary. He's got a bushy red handlebar mustache. And the other one, uh, dark complexion, an Osiriani, maybe a ranger, a guide, with a hood pulled up over his head. We'll say the mercenary's name is Ralph, and the Osiriani's name is Donkor. Ralph looks nervous. Donkor looks awestruck and, frankly, terrified. Pembroke, however, is walking slowly and confidently down this hallway, looking at the hieroglyphics, exuding only curiosity as he studies his surroundings. Ralph clears his throat. Are we close yet? This place smells like a hundred-year-old dustbin. Donkor turns on him. Watch your tongue. This is a birthplace of legends. I feel as though the very walls are listening. 
Pembroke continues on. Uh, you're only wrong about the age, I think. If my guess is correct, we may be the first living persons to set foot here in some 7,000 years. Pembroke stops at a set of symbols that look familiar to him. He pulls a worn leather notebook from his satchel, pours over it with his fingers, looks up and runs his fingers down the wall, stopping on the symbol of a bird holding a rod in its beak. He presses it, and a pair of massive secret doors grind open before them. Pembroke looks into the pitch darkness beyond. <laughs> that's, that's a big door. It's <laughs> massive. Uh, to answer your question, we have arrived. As their eyes adjust to the light, they see wide steps descending into what seems like a much larger chamber. Pembroke leads the way, clouds of ancient dust rising from his foot soles with every step into the gloom. Perhaps a touch more light, yes? He raises his staff, and the crystal at the top glows brightly with the intensity of sunlight. As the illumination spreads, we see a truly vast chamber, lined with stone columns in the shape of palm trees. Countless burial niches are recessed into the walls, shadows lying within. The two lesser men gape at the scene before them on the opposite wall. An ornate set of double doors inlaid with gold and mother of pearl, flanked on either side with huge pedestals. One is bare and surrounded by shards of clay, the other supporting a 20-foot-high statue of what looked to be some sort of crocodile-headed god, wielding a gigantic club. Before the doors, however, stands something even stranger. A skeletal figure with a golden headdress in the shape of an ibis, beak glittering in the arcane light. As the group approaches, its joints creak as it begins to move. What in Phrasma's name is that? Ralph says. Donker whispers, trembling. Gods, it is Tuthmut, herald of the Pharaoh, the red right hand. Personably responsible for thousands of... Silence. A sepulchral voice echoes from the creature speaking ancient Osiriani. Pembroke glances over his shoulder at the two men. Uh, history lessons later, I suppose. Interlopers, you approach the vault of Sekhem the Undying, first and greatest of the god-kings of Osirian, chosen of Ra, subduer of the sea peoples, master of the four Excuse quarters me. of... Excuse me. Sorry. Pembroke steps forward, staff in hand. This creature fixes its gaze on him. He continues in the creature's language. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, I am Pembroke. Pembroke the Potent. Uh, these are my associates, uh, Ralph, uh, mercenary of some repute, and Don Gore. He's a local. I'd like to see the vault, please. <laughs> <laughs> the creature is momentarily taken aback by this display of insolence. You are trespassers here. You will not leave alive. Your blood will stain the flagstones for all eternity. Your bones yes, shall right. be Yes, right. Sorry, sorry, but we are in a bit of a hurry, and I, I don't mean to be rude, but I am not in the habit of speaking with subordinates. So, if you wouldn't mind stepping aside. 
Doncourt, <laughs> the local, terrified, wordlessly staring at Pembroke, trying to will him into silence. Ralph is flabbergasted. What are you saying? I, I don't think he likes it. The creature does not, in fact, like it. Insect. You dare speak thus to your masters. You will see how the god kings deal with insolence. Raspy moans are heard. At the edge of the light, an army of skeletal warriors has emerged from the walls and close in on the three explorers. A great crack sounds from the statue besides the door as shards of clay fall away, revealing the great living giant that had been trapped within. It steps off the pedestal with a boom, enormous mace in hand. Ralph and Donkor are sure they are doomed. They go back to prepare for this skeletal onslaught, staring terrified glances at this impossible monster that has just been unleashed. Pembroke, however, seems merely annoyed. He steps forward calmly, looking the crocodile-headed monstrosity straight in the eye. He waves his hand utters a few arcane words and the beast's eyes glaze as it lowers its club almost imperceptibly. Hello, my friend. My colleagues and I have had a difficult day and do not wish to exert ourselves any further. If you'd be so kind. He casually gestures at the bird-like guardian. The giant raises its club above his head and smashes it down on the herald, completely obliterating him. Bones and mask shards fly everywhere. Pembroke then approaches the ornate doors as the monster booms past the awestruck companions towards the gathering skeletons. Pembroke checks his notebook once more, speaks a few words in Assyriani, and the doors swing open. The monster, meanwhile, swings his club at a row of skeletons, smashing them apart as Pembroke crosses the threshold. He turns and waves his hand, and a shimmering wall of force forms across the doorway. Clearly, he does not wish to be disturbed. The young wizard descends a cobwebbed stair into the vault of Sekhem. It is surprisingly grim and bare, devoid of the pictograms that cover the rest of the tomb. In the center of this empty room sits Sekhem the Undying upon a throne of granite, or at least what's left of him. Whatever robes and fineries he wore in life have disintegrated to nothing. His flesh withered away over centuries. All that's left is a circlet in the form of a serpent propped upon his bare skull. His bones have somehow sunken into the very stone itself, trapping them for all eternity. Pembroke stops short as he sees this. Sechem the Undying, I presume. The only answer is the echo of his own voice, coming back to him across the empty vault. I suppose the epithet turned out to be a bit optimistic. Pity. I would have enjoyed a challenge for old time's sake. The wizard raises a palm, scanning the environs for any lingering trace of his prize. Foreigner! He whips his head to face the rasped whisper coming from the direction of the throne. Trespasser! 
I suppose you've come seeking my fabled treasure. The clacking of the jaw as the skeleton spoke was most unnerving. Pembroke edges closer. That was my original intention, yes. I I don't suppose you're going to tell me where it is. Gone. You are too late. It was stolen by another of your kind many centuries ago. He called himself Tarbavon. Pembroke nearly reels from the shock of that name. Tarbavon. The whispering tyrant. He was here. Oh, yes. He found my tomb. Through the safeguards as you have done, stood where you now stand and bested me. Too clever he was, too strong, wrenched the treasure from my very grasp and left me here like this, trapped in living stone for all eternity. As he says eternity, his jawbone falls from his skull into his bony lap with a clack. <laughs> Sekum looks down with his empty sockets and tilts his head back up to look expectantly at Pembroke. The wizard hesitates, then moves towards the throne. He takes the jawbone in hand, shakes the dust from it, and returns it to its previous station <laughs> with an oddly satisfying click. After a testing chomp or two, the lich continues. But there is treasure here yet. Something he did not take. Something he could not take. More valuable, I think, than what you sought. At least to you. Pembroke chuckles, (laughs) casting a gesture over the cavernously empty space. If there's anything of value here, you've hit it extraordinarily well. I'm afraid I'm not one to fall for such obvious tricks. Good day. And with that, he turns to go. Just as he reaches the stairway leading out, he hears knowledge. Pembroke pauses and turns back towards the pile of bones. A secret More precious than what the necromancer stole from me. I promise you. There's a catch forthcoming. If he didn't know better, he would have sworn that Sekum was smiling. It is cursed, of course. As secrets often are. Now, Pembroke smiles. Curses a tenor copper in the desert. And you probably don't get much news down here, but I am Pembroke the Potent. Loath as I am to sing my own praises, I am widely regarded as the finest wizard of my age. I will hear your secret, Lich, and test my will against your curse. So be it, wizard. Closer. Pembroke gives him a look. The secret is for your ears only. And there are spies unseen. Come closer. 
After a moment, the wizard bends down, and the long dead pharaoh whispers something into his ear. After many long seconds pass, Pembroke slowly stands upright. The blood has drained from his face. Whatever he has heard has shaken him to the core. He turns towards the door and moves with long strides to leave. The skeleton, empty eye sockets and all, looks up at him with these two infinite black holes. And now... The curse! Pembroke stops and turns back. Tell me. It is... To forget. The rusty whisper seems to shake the cobwebs in the room. All that I have told you will be lost. You will return to your school. Pass on your feeble teachings to generations of imbecilic apprentices until your body is bent until the arcane energies within you have ebbed and atrophied from decades of disuse. Until death itself is so close it raises the hairs on your neck. Only then will you remember, and it will be far too late. The skeleton laughs, a last spiteful laugh, until all at last it crumbles to dust in the throne. The wall of force up ahead vanishes, and Pembroke steps through. A horrified Ralph and Doncor turn towards him with a start. Ralph is incensed. Where the hell did you go, man? Do you have any idea what happened up here? <laughs> Pembroke looks and sees a legion of shattered bones surrounding the massive creature, dead in a heap, pierced with dozens of swords and spears. Broken columns and fallen ceiling stones are everywhere. Donkor waves a hand over the scene. Look, that was the most horrible thing I have ever seen. He looks back at Pembroke. What of the treasure? Do you have it? Pembroke, meanwhile, is in a haze. No. No. He shakes his head, tries to get his bearings. The tomb has been plundered. There is nothing here but dust. Ralph can't believe it. Are you sure? Did, did, did you look? Pembroke just pushes past him. I have to return to the Arcanarium. He turns to face the two men, his eyes completely glazed over. Goodbye. And with a wave of his hand, he vanishes. <laughs> leaving the room in total darkness. In the darkness, we hear Donker's voice. Did he? Did he just leave us here? <laughs> he fucking left us? <laughs> Ralph. Fucking wizards, man. <laughs> and with that, it goes back to Pembroke just staring at this ghastly cauldron full of deceased people whose hopes and dreams have ended. And that is a very well-earned bottle cap 
by Mr. Skidmar. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Unbelievable story he that says. Cool. Me. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. That was great. Nice. Thank you. Whew. We needed to get a look yeah. into Pembroke's past. I love that he was such a prick. Yeah, he was very uh, very sure of himself. Arrogant. <laughs> yes. The cocksure. Hubris. <laughs> Full of hubris he was. And for whatever reason, that's what you're thinking about right now, but maybe not. Like maybe the uh, certainly the larger events of that memory are not a part of your brain. Maybe you leaving the tomb is, but the rest of it, maybe not. So wait a minute. Uh, I want to know what's going on here. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> it's the clock I'm thinking every time. <laughs> now, early on, I thought that Pembroke was like lying about his mission to oh I just wanted to see where the whispering tyrant was you know I just wanted to yeah. see it um, so that's a lie but like later on it's not the whole truth so later on when the uh, um, whatchamacallit the curse came through I thought maybe it was like you don't like you are drawn there for a reason you don't really know like you think you just want to go but it's that you're like deep seated memory is like bringing this back up yeah i do i do have an idea uh i i I can't tell you i can't tell you exactly what it is okay but i i i i i I think i know like in my in my head what's what's happening here so yeah wow awesome i had deep crazy flashbacks to 1998 gateway personal computer in front of me I had to get one. Diablo 2, disc 2, in the computer, act 2, underneath the sands as the hero follows Diablo into the crypts beneath this ancient kind of Middle Eastern flavored city, mm-hmm. ancient Egyptian, and it was fabulous. I could smell the dust motes fly in the air as you walk through that tomb. Fabulous job. Wow, thank you. Fabulous job. Never played that game. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, maybe while you guys are healing up and Baron's, like, just polishing and sharpening his gun, you look over and see Pembroke just kind of lost in that pot. What, what, what do the rest of you do? Detect magic on the pot. Can I do that? Sure. No, I don't. No, I can't. You can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. No, I can't. Yes, you can. No, you can. Yes, I can. <laughs> There's no magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait. There's a ring of protection just... Plus one, and it's melted down. Oh, it just melted. Just, just, just melted. Can't believe that Troy was the one to bring up musical theater in this episode. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. That's always him. Don't be sorry. I'll... Um, now we're friends. Is there, like, anything? I'm just going to take a quick look around. Is there anything? Is there a ladle or anything, <laughs> like, sitting, like, next to this pot? Oh, sure. Sure, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, big, giant-sized ladle. Yeah. Pembroke is going to just kind of, like, pick it up and just kind of, like, sift through this, like, horrible brew to see if there's anything that like, comes up. It's a hearty immediately, stew. Yeah, like immediately eyes kind of roll to float to the surface, an yeah. eye here and a, uh, a tongue and uh, maybe a foot. But, yeah, you, if you're, like, scooping through, there's no clothes or anything, obviously. Um, they've been uh, de-haired before they were thrown in, mm. but uh, you don't see anything of interest. And, obviously, Feyraza did a magic search. It's just It's just horrifying that this is what... This is what they uh, are subsiding on. Baron's thinking back to some of the alchemical regions we found earlier in which you said that we could maybe use uh, to poison different things. Sure. 
Uh, is there an alchemical check? This seems like a food source, correct, for the people in this longhouse? Yeah, yeah. This is some sort of preparation room. I may have even said that last week. Yeah, so I'd like to know if I could make an alchemical craft alchemy check or something like that to maybe try to sabotage the soup. I'd love to, like, uh, say a quick prayer to Torag as well as blessings for whoever these people were that are in this soup. Sure. Uh, so craft alchemy? Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, 14. Not a good one. Yeah, no, I mean, you feel like you may not know the exact dose, but you do feel confident you could poison this with what you have on your person. Fantastic. I will do so. Okay. Uh, You might have put a little too much, might have put not enough, but if someone comes in and eats this, they're going to be in bad shape. I'm doing the Julia Stiles school of cooking where it's just like a whole stick of butter right right now. It's It's delicious. You mean Julia Child? Julia Child. Yes, Julia Julia Stiles. Julia Stiles. She's a fabulous actor. Lou Manginello. All the cooking she did in uh, center stage. <laughs> save the last dance. She's I'm not in center stage either. She's not? No, that's, she's in save the last dance. Julia Stiles <laughs> is also an O, right? The yes. fellow modernization. She's 10 things I hate about you. Yeah, 10 things I hate about you. I just saw some of that. Anyway. The Bourne series. Julia Stiles was an undergrad at Columbia when I was in grad school there, and uh, there were a couple like celebrities, like Anna Paquin was there, and... Uh, the kid from uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. They were in. They were undergrads at the time. That kid's pretty talented. Yeah, and so all of them are. We were doing a, a show off Broadway at the time, and my director and I, Paul, were like getting cigarettes from the bodega, and we saw her. And I was like, "Oh, dude, look, it's Julie Stiles." He goes, "Watch this." He walks over to her and goes, "Hey, you're an actress, right? We're doing a play off Broadway. Come see it." Hands her a postcard. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Like, you're an, an, actress, like, right? you're an actress, right? <laughs> see our off Broadway play. <laughs> and uh, did she come? Uh, no, no, I don't think she did. <laughs> I can't imagine why not. I know she had better. She, had, she was too busy making Save the Last Dance too. <laughs> Where's her hit podcast? <laughs> How many last dances is this going to have? Hit podcast. Um. So, yeah, what, what, uh, so, what, what's happening here? There's a big pair of double doors leading towards the, the, uh, the inside of the, the middle chambers of this building. You don't know how many rooms are in this longhouse. While uh, Pembroke was uh, taking his little jaunt down memory lane, Four Bears was burning off 15 charges of his wand. Oh, wow. Because wow. <laughs> I roll like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was down like 90 hit points, 80 hit points. Um, yeah, so I guess we have these big double doors. I don't really know we what else. We have that, and I just want to do a quick cursory check around the room uh, with my dark vision. Hopefully that helps out with some of the dim light in here to see if there's anything we missed. Nah, probably nothing. Uh, 23. No, no, no. It's dark in here. Um, oh, the room is only lit by the braziers uh, and the big pot, uh, but you don't see anything of interest. Whatever was going on in here was preparing feasts for... Pro- not the rest of the camp, probably just the bigwigs that hang out in the longhouse. Got it. Uh, we seem to have interrupted the dinner hour. We should probably proceed. move on and proceed before someone gets hungry. Might we listen at the door? Yes, it seems like a prudent thing to do. Um, would any of you guys be interested? I don't know what sort of armor you're wearing, uh, Pembroke and Feyraza, but would either of you None. be interested in... Yeah, well then... Uh, uh, I, I, I should cast. I'm going to cast. Four Bears is going to cast uh, magic vestment on you. Beautiful. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So that gives you a plus two enhancement bonus to armor, uh, to whatever armor or shield you're wearing. Oh, awesome. Uh, an outfit of regular clothing counts as armor that grants no AC bonus. So, oh, that's great. Um, 
Yeah, so even if you cast like mage armor or something, this would still stack because it's an enhancement bonus. Oh, that's great. Oh, wow. So Thank even you. It's not an armor bonus, it's enhancement. Yeah. That's cool. Level, nice. Levels that spell, that's great. Level three. And it's <laughs> it's right. a, uh, whatchamacallit, um, uh, like a domain spell yeah. for four bears. But so it's, it's the not only. Something I, had to prepare. I mean, I did have to prepare it, but. It wouldn't stack with other enhancement bonuses. Only dodge bonuses to AC stack with other of the same type. Right. So, right. like, there's no point in casting it on Baron or, right. or, right, or right. on. Well, I guess I could cast it on four, four bears, but. Um, dodge, dip, duck, dive, and dodge. <laughs> <laughs> that who, classic. Who, by the way, I'm trying to think of a way to use this part of my domain that but we haven't used much in the podcast. Who has the highest perception check? I do. I think Feyraz. What is yours? Plus 22. Do you want to guarantee yourself a 33 at the door? Do you want to roll the dice? Because I could use myself a touch of law, oh, it's baby. Been a while. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. I mean, sure. Why not? Let's okay. try. And I'll roll separately in case I get higher. So we'll see. All right. Okay. I also actually get a 31. I think we got exactly the same score. <laughs> oh, wow. 13 on the die plus 18, 31. Wait, isn't your I got 33. Isn't your oh, 33. 33. Oh, I'm sorry. I, forgot uh, I win, Grant. You win. <laughs> 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 because you helped. <laughs> it pains me to say it, but you win. Grant doesn't hear shit. Uh, okay, so you listen at the door, and you just hear crackling fire hmm. from the distance. From a distance. From a distance. <laughs> you hear some crackling fire. It sounds like more braziers towards you know the middle back of the room it sounds like a larger room than the one that you're in but you don't hear any movement whatsoever does the door appear to be locked uh no I relay this information to everybody else hmm um okay shall we Shall we proceed? Four bears just looks at you, nods, and is ready to open the door. And I'm going to cast mirror image on myself again. Uh, you probably have a better stealth, right? Are you talking to four bears? And bear, I guess. Uh, four bears is not going to have a good stealth. Plus 14 on bear rare. You beat me. You wanna Do you want to stealthily open the door? Yeah. Sure. Can I detect for traps with a perception? I'm going to let I'm my gonna roll sh- over. I'm going to sheath my uh, mace. 29. Keep my hands free. Um, you don't detect any traps. Okay. Uh, so you want to open the door? Yep, well, stealthily. Okay, stealthily. Roll your stealth. Ooh, 23. Should have touched a lot myself. You can't. Uh, when I think about you, Grant, I touch myself. <laughs> <laughs> Who has dark vision? you have dark vision, Grant? I do. Okay. You open the doors, and you can see up to 60 feet, I believe. Uh, you see, boom! Whoa! Runes on the floor. Gorgeous. Oh wow! Yeah. Look at that big old room. Man, I miss roll twenty when it really works nice like yeah, this. I only see fifty feet in the room, Troy. I should be able to see sixty feet. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Just FYI, and I, I can see braziers you. on the map. They don't give off light. Yeah, I mean, well, look, I'm boom. I'm giving you the brazier light. Boom! Wow. Oh, that was a throne. Oh, what kind of throne oh. in here? Oh, 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 oh. Throne, little Game of Thrones. No one, no one can see this with Baron. Can you just select a fog of war, please? <laughs> I can Matthew, see it. you have dark right? vision. Joe yeah. and Skid, can you please leave? While I, I have dark vision. <laughs> I have dark vision. This expansive hall that you just 
uh, open the door into is so large mm-hmm. that the illumination doesn't even reach the other side of the chamber. Wow. You can see, you think you're seeing like not even into the middle. And the reason you know that is because the braziers lighting the throne on this dais in the north side of the room you can see that the room extends even beyond the light of the far brazier on those thrones. Wow. Huge tables uh, stand uh, on this side of the platform. The great uh, hall. This massive platform in the middle of the room, uh, upon which, as I said, a wooden throne uh, decorated with mammoth tusks is the centerpiece. Oh, just like the throne you're sitting on. Yes, just like mine. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> was modeled, I modeled it after throne. book four. Uh, large metal braziers and piles of boulders flank the throne. Oh, boy. There's boulders all about. Uh, curtains on other side of the dais separate this hall from probably another room to the north, while sets of double doors uh, exit the room to the south. Baron whispers. I can't believe these giant bastards had the gumption to bring all these boulders in here, but build this building out of wood. Savages. When you open the door, too, it's like a chill in the room. Mm. And you can, like, see your own breath steaming in front of you as you... (sighs) You look up, and you see that the roof opens up with five-foot-wide support beams spaced probably about 20 feet apart, stretching from north to south at a height of 25 feet above you. And then from there, the roof opens up to a peak of another 25 feet. So from floor to ceiling, uh, at the tallest point, it's 50 feet high. What do you do? Uh, Pembroke, like, taps Baron on the shoulder and says, Baron, a moment, please. And he casts flame arrow on all of your bullets. Oh, yes. Ooh, flame bullets. Uh, <laughs> can we split a few of those just in case? Forebears has some arrows. Oh, you do? Yeah, he does. Can, you can do it with a casting, right? Just keep them all in the middle. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Just, just gather just, them all together. Yeah, like five. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so 45 bullets and five arrows. 45 bullets. <laughs> and I can't remember, the people that are on night patrol in this camp are of what makeup? Uh... They were trolls, trolls ice trolls, uh, and, and winter wolves. So we think, based off of the darkness and the general light situation in this room, that if there were frost giants, which you might be lead, led to believe could be in here based on the, the temperature, uh, they might not be able to see anything. So Baron says, thank you, Pembroke. Hey, Raza, would you like to fly up into the rafters as an owl for some nocturnal reconnaissance. Stop trying to play my character, Grant. <laughs> Just trying to... No, yes, no, I'll do that. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so Faraz... I'm going to do what I want to do. Faraz... I'm going to turn into an owl and fly into the rafters. <laughs> I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Uh, yeah, so Faraz will turn into an owl to fly into the rafters. So, uh, <laughs> so, Matthew, what are you going to do? Fly, turn into an owl and fly into the rafters? <laughs> That's a really good idea. Uh, you know what, Matthew? Okay. Thanks. Thanks, right. Skin is going to break the computer. Put it on the board. Put it on the board. Oh, Matthew gets another one. Well, you know what, wow. That was so he really smart. it, though. I'm going to give you two bottle caps. <laughs> one for the great idea that you clearly oh, thought of God. yourself, and the other for Damn actually it. doing it. Oh, I hate you great. so much, Matthew. Oh, I hope you die a slow, painful death at the beak of an owl. You can do it. So, all right. <laughs> Feyraza, you're going to fly, you're turning into an owl, fly up towards the middle of the room. Yeah. 
so Baron, what are you doing? I imagine, Baron, you're standing there looking into this room, which obviously you have dark vision, but it's still relative darkness, and you're thinking back to that morning when you were breaking camp and thinking about how you forgot to roll your fortitude save against the bonic plague. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we should probably roll that now. You know what? You know what I say, Troy? Ain't gonna, I forgot st- to- ain't gonna start shit, ain't gonna be shit. And that's why I didn't say anything. Oh, my God. If you pass this... You're cured. Well, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold if you on. Fail I mean, this, I have removed start disease. Over. Yeah, I can say we're, we're, we're retconning, so anything you could have done to help him. I mean, I could do remove disease as well, or I could also bring it, give you Bear's Endurance. Right now, the problem Either way, he's got to roll. That right? doesn't work. That doesn't work. That well, never works. Why not? You can't do that. Because the save is not a moment. It, it's like it represents 24 hours of your body's, oh, okay. like... Because it would be 10 minutes, the... the, the Bears endurance. No, I understand that, but I believe there's a rule. It's uh, somebody wrote about this at some point uh, on our boards and said something about you can't use like a temporary spell. But is there a, is there a heal a check save. you could do to help a daily save, like in some other I mean, systems? I, I can also <laughs> publish by Paizo. Call of Cthulhu. Um, <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade, my favorite. <laughs> I think um, we're actually going to port Strange Aeons to Vampire the Masquerade. Yes, that's the we plan. Got, we got the blessing from Dan We're going to LARP it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, should I do remove disease then? Sure. Or do you want to do it? What does sure. that give him a boost, boost or you roll the save? I roll, I roll a caster level check against DC of the disease. Okay. And if you fail, he still just rolls regular. Yes. I would assume so. Yes. All right. Yeah. 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 Roll that save, Matthew. Roll that caster level check. There. All right, Matthew. My there life is in your hands. <laughs> It was on a natural 20 and rolled to a 14. So it's a 24. Looks like Baron's going to be all... Yeah! Thank you. Now, you had the... Plague. You had the... the 29 would have passed myself. You had four four bears cloak on, right? Yes. So So I actually would have gotten 33 on top of that. All right. It's a cloak of resistance plus four, right? Yeah. So you look down at your arm and you see the black has subsided. Unfortunately, a penis fell off in the night. <laughs> it's gone forever. It's gone forever. We use it to keep the fire warm. Never found much use for that anyway. And he kind of shakes his hand, and he sees kind of like the original, like, uh, natural, healthy color return to it. And uh, he looks up at four bears, and he says, before he starts talking, he looks at Pembroke and kind of makes eyes for him to translate and says, I, I don't know how to thank you for this. This is... Something incredible. I could feel the power of your ancestors. Even though I've never met them and I've just met you, I could feel them when I couldn't hold the strength of that check carrying me. And that's really amazing. Thank you, my brother. Um, the Red Thunder Devil passes on his gratitude. Forebear <laughs> <laughs> uh, smiles at you and says, Tana Alizio, uh, which just means you're looking well, and he smiles. My like, name's Alizio. <laughs> My name's Alizio. <laughs> I'm Alizio. It's too bad Forebear has no tongues, bro. <laughs> no tongues, bro. And for the first time in this adventure, outside of, like, you know, helping out Aubrey's family or whatever else, Baron, with a flourish, takes the corners of the cloak off, whips it around and takes a knee and flips it in his hand and holds it in front of him, even lower than he needs to be for four bears, who is so much taller than him, <laughs> but he just wants to show a sign of respect for caring about him. And four bears will lean down, big smile on his face, and take the, uh, the cloak. He's very happy that it worked. 
because that's a very dangerous sickness that you had. So because you failed so badly on the remove disease roll. You have to bring it up again, huh, yeah, Matthew? Yeah. To make you feel good yeah, and never point out go. the shortcomings of others? Just you, Joe. Just you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he will whip the cloak uh, back on. And Baron just thinks back and says, thinks in his head uh, to himself as he puts back on the mule black cords that Galabras gifted him um, about oh, another past fallen comrade that he also feels the strength of helping him carry himself through all of this. Wow. That was all this morning. Right, that was all this morning. Meanwhile, flashback, flashback. Wow, two flashbacks (laughs) in one episode. (laughs) Incredible. One like 50 years and the other several hours. Then we go back to a young forebear talking to a bear. (laughs) (laughs) That's next week. Bear's name is Barry Hunter Jr. (laughs) (laughs) What could Um, be better than a bear? Four of them. Okay, there we go. Feyraza flies to the middle of the room. Baron, you look down and remember your strength is back. Sans penis, what do you do? <laughs> Penisless, what do you do? Penisless and afraid, do you walk into the room? No, I'm waiting, uh, expressly waiting for Feyraza's uh, kind of report back. Standing at the doorway there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, now, have you opened just one door there? I think just one. Okay. The one I'm in front of. Okay. And totally dead. <laughs> Uh, you go, you go, Matthew. You go into the room, Pembroke. What do you do? Um, yeah, I'm. I don't know. Uh, I just kind of step in a little bit. Pembroke uh, steps in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, how many mirror images are there of you? There are five total. Five total. So six of you. Yeah. Uh, and four bears. Uh, you see Baron uh, standing behind. Oh, no. Baron jumped I'll in. I'll step in. I mean, I'm not going to okay. allow Pembroke to go by himself. He's very powerful and very he has arcane studies all around him, but I don't want to leave him behind. FB, what do you do? Uh, he's going to wait. Uh, well, I mean, he'll step up next to Baron, um, but he's going to wait for Feyraza's intelligence report. Ooh. Ooh. You Ooh. were quiet in opening that door. But Feyraza realizes you weren't quiet enough. Oh, boy. Because as Feyraza crests towards this open ceiling, you can see there are two creatures, at least two creatures, in the room. And as you come flying in, one of them has a table in its hands and throws it directly at the door. Oh my oh, god. No. A gigantic table that <laughs> has the potential to hit Pembroke, Baron, and four bears. Oh my god. Woo, they look. Woo, woo. <laughs> 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 Boom. One of them oh, looks no. like this. Oh, oh wow. wow. Badass. And you recognize it as the guy that was standing directly next to Skier Cop. Oh, During no. her. He is here. Speech. He is here. Yeah. Oh. Roll for initiative. Oh, oh, no. here. Oh, no. oh my God. Oh, no. We're going to kill him. We're going to wow. kill him. Oh, my God. This, this is, is huge. Is yes. Crack Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fired up. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, Baron, what you got? Oh, my 21, God. 21, bro. That's terrible. Oh, my God. That's the worst roll 21. in five months. Anybody over 21? Um, no. no. Okay, Feyraza. 19. 
Oh, dear. Four Bears, 18. 18 for Four Bears, Pembroke? 17. Oh, oh. We, we did good for us. Yeah, I rolled around 16. <laughs> yes, me too. The, you actually unveiled another little bit of Pembroke's backstory. That was his name in the frat house when he was in college at the Arcanarium. It's Pembroke. Come over. Throw me a natty <laughs> bow, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he went to school at uh, U Maryland? Yeah. <laughs> frat, ha- frat houses are the same no matter what level of school you Throw go to. Throw me a natty bow. Uh, I was a bro. proud terrapin for many years. Come <laughs> <laughs> Pempel. Go Terps. <laughs> uh, Be a Terp. Oh, my God. All right. This is going to be what I like to call a surprise round. Oh, uh, no. As this table comes mm-hmm. hurtling towards these three gentlemen. It's three separate attack rolls. Uh, so let's just go in order here. Uh, four Bears. Baron and then Pembroke. The bear. So first at oh, four bears. Hideous. Uh, 28. Hit. Flat footed. Flat footed. Give it to me, Skid. <laughs> Check it and see. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I've got a penalty to my AC. <laughs> I haven't acted, so I can't use my decks. I'm flat footed. Oh, flat footed. Flat footed. 23 points of damage Holy off the top. Shit. That table continues careening to. Through towards Baron and Pembroke. Baron, that is going to be flat footed uh, 29. Of course, it's a hit. I don't know what that AC of yours. <laughs> that also is 23 points of damage, oh which means God. Pembroke is going to get the worst of it natural 20. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, no. no. Oh, but it's my only one God. six chance you hit him. Well, yeah. it's a huge table that just hit. It's like an area of effects oh, spell, basically. Uh, yeah. uh, it acts as an area of effects. Oh, it's not like oh, the tip of a sword. It's God. a huge. Like, Get that fan critical ready, because uh, this is a named character. Let me roll to confirm. Could be a natural one. It is going to be a 23 to confirm. Yeah, that, that confirms. Oh, oh, no. Good thing we get that, that uh, flashback in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is, oh, my God. This is bad news bears. Give me that. Uh, okay. I'm trying, I'm trying to this think one, of, Sorry. I'm trying to think of any other area of effect uh, attack that also comes with a roll to hit. <laughs> um, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a very... You just want to kill me. That's fine. No, 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 no. I, 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 I want to uh, I I give you your, your agency here. Yeah. Um, I'm reading the, the way it says it in the book. I mean, because it already hit three people, I think, is why you're ruling that way. But I get what Skid's saying, too. I yeah, 100% yeah, yeah. get both of your points. Yeah. I think the there's a is, middle ground. Uh, the problem is that I believe rules as written is in Skid's favor because it is a targeted attack. If it is a targeted attack, then it hits the mirror image. Right. The mirror image roll whenever comes into it requires, effect. It is, whenever it, is, it requires an attack roll is in the text of the spell. That's true. That's true. All right. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, we had a really good crit lined up. <laughs> All right. What? There's it could six, still hit me. And there's six of you, right? Yeah. I'll roll on the table just okay. to draw friends here. Uh, so we'll <laughs> that's say, a lie. So a far. terrible lie. We'll say a three hits you. Okay, that's, that's weird. Okay, that's weird. number <laughs> load of die. You pick up the number three. Load of die. If you roll a three, I fucking quit. <laughs> two, oh, okay. two. Do you want to know what the damage was going to be? Uh, sure. Just for just for fun, the crit was going to be double damage. The crit was going to be double damage. 50 points of damage. Yeah, oh. I, I would have been dead. I would have been dead outright. Dead outright? Of course. Permanently dead? Uh, permanently dead. Wow. I would have been per- permanently dead. Holy really? shit. Yeah. You, oh, don't, yeah. You, you didn't heal after the last combat? I, I only have 38 hit points. What? Oh, yeah, my That can't be right. Lord. That's, that's right. It's 10d6. It's 30, you oh, wait. 
No, never mind. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that <laughs> right. sounds I, horribly Are you wrong. a third level fault. wizard? It's Hero Lab's fault. It's Hero Lab's fault. <laughs> It's not my fault. This is clearly a user it's error. So you loaded the wrong portfolio. No, it loaded the wrong portfolio. It did, or your finger did? <laughs> no, when you it, did. On it, it did. It did. Uh-huh. 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 Okay, no, I would have been fine. Did. I would have been fine. Woo. All right. So, well, fine is a relative. So term. take the fifty yeah. damage. Uh, all right. Yeah. So it obliterates one of the mirror oh, man. I mean, uh, uh, I'm very, very happy that did not hit you. But man, did did, uh, did we have a nice crit lined up for our fans? Uh, all right, so Feyraza, you are flying above there. I'm going to reveal a little bit more of the room here before we get into round one. You see the stairway uh, leading up to this platform. There are three stairways, one to the south, one to the east, one to the north, and the east, excuse me, east and west ones. There are three stairways, one to the south, one to the east, and one to the west. The east and west ones are at the north side of the room, like in line with this massive throne. Uh, remember, if you don't have dark vision, just keep that in mind when you're making attacks. Uh, it's going to be round one, and it's going to be Baron. Uh, Baron's going to cast Longshot on his weapon. This okay. is an enormous room. This is like the size of a football field. This is huge. You can't even see all of it. And he's going to call down a sacred judgment of protection against... Uh, a, 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 he's going to call down a sacred judgment of sacred resistance four against cold after he saw his own breath in front of him just in case someone has cold magic. And he's going to move um, emboldened by his new armor which he can disappear into a pocket dimension with. He's going to move 20 feet towards them. Oh, that's bold. That's a bold wow. move. I should let you know these tables um, for, uh, you know, mechanical stake. For mechanical sake, they can provide cover for medium and small creatures. And if you flip them over, they can provide total cover. Uh, just something to keep in mind if oh, you sh- want to play the table mm. game. Uh, no, I'm going to leave my roll as it is, and uh, that'll be my turn with the judgment, the spell cast, and the movement. Okay. All right, Bear Bear. Uh, it is the Herseer's turn. Oh, God. Oh, man. Was, ah! oh, oh, man. I'm up, I'm up in the air. I'm uh, up in the air. The Herseer grabs one of those boulders that was laying around. Boulder looks icy cold. Icy cold, and is going to hurl it in the direction of Baron. Truth be told, if it hits him or not, it's going to do some splash damage. Here comes the roll. Here comes that 20! Ooh, that's going to be a hit. That is going to be a 30 to hit. That's not a hit. 30 is not going to be a hit? 32 is my issue. Oh, wow. <laughs> I assume it's a giant. Uh, it is the giant type. Yep. All right. Now, it will do uh, some damage nonetheless. It does six points of cold damage to you, and it does five points of cold damage to four bears. It is a greater splash weapon. Really? So it hits Baron. It hits Baron even within five feet of hitting him, and then it spreads uh, to ten feet beyond that. Sorry, Troy. It only does two points of cold damage thanks to my judgment of sacred resistance four against cold. You son of a bitch! I'm fifteen feet away from Baron. Are you fifteen feet away for the wreck? Uh, I know it's only. Five points, but unless you're saying it hit the square behind him. I hear what you're saying. All right, then you're fine. You don't take anything. Baron, you take you take what you take, you son of a bitch. Take what you take, you son of a bitch. Uh, all right, so the hearseer, the hearseer will, will throw that, and then the hearseer is going to uh, step back behind a table. Oh, I'm glad I moved forward then. And it is Feyraza's turn. Uh, Feyraza is going to fly up towards, uh, the, towards the throne, but she's going to kind of loop around. Okay. Uh, and she is going to cast a little spell. Let me just make sure... The range is still good. 
I don't like it already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're good. Okay, I'm going to cast uh, Volcanic Storm. Hersea Killer. <laughs> so, uh, That's on the goblin spell list? I'm sorry. <laughs> chunks of hot volcanic ro- rock and clumps of ash oh, pound boy. down into the area. So that's going to be 3d6 points of bludgeoning damage to every creature in the area. Wow. And 2d6 of fire. Question. They're both in the area? Yes. Second question. Any save? You get a... No. Reflex? No reflex on this. Wow. No save. That's a good spell. Saving throw. None. All right. Uh, now, roll. I, roll can, I always forget this. Do I roll the damage individually, or do I roll it once and apply it to points? Uh, for area of effect, just roll it. Just roll it all once. Um, but tell me the fire damage separately. All right. Yellow and red are gonna be fire. So it's only damn it. Only three oh. points of fire damage, but it's eleven points of bludgeoning to each. Eleven bludgeoning, three fire. Okay. 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 And do I see anything having moved over here by the towards the front? Mind you, also, you take a minus four on uh, perception checks in the area. <laughs> Woohoo! And there, the rain. There goes my plan. <laughs> perception check based and the entire And the entire area is treated as difficult terrain. Oh, okay. Well, that's actually very important. All right, so you see a little bit more into that uh, other side of the room, the west side of the room, and it looks to be completely symmetrical uh, to the, uh, the, the east side. Four gigantic. Uh, tables. This is where all the officers come and eat. I mean, but you could fit, you know, one, two, three, six, a lot. A lot of officers. Six, 24 officers all sitting around while the hearse here gives instructions. Yeah. Bad ass. It is forebear's turn. Do I see anything of, what, of what's behind the throne? Uh, no, there are curtains uh, separating uh, whatever is behind that wall. It's yeah. curtains Pay no for you, attention. Kid. Pay no attention to the man <laughs> behind that curtain. And those curtains go all the way up to the ceiling. Got it. Uh, 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 all right. Two bears. Uh, so uh, four bears is four bears is going to. Uh, so they're up on like a dais, right? Uh, yes. How high up is that? Uh, five feet. And remember, that's difficult terrain as well. Five feet and it's difficult terrain. You just screwed me. Well, I get. I guess it's if it's up five feet, it wouldn't matter anyway. Matthew, okay. go ahead and put that aura on yeah, there so we know what the effect square. is. You can draw it if you want. Uh, draw shape. There we go. My name is Simon. And, and uh, this Hersier, is he standing on a table? No. Or did he I th- throw that table? No, no, he threw another table. He threw his, he threw <laughs> his spare table. Tables. So there's a table on the map. Is, yep. is that table there? Yep, that table's there, and he's standing beside, like behind it. Four bears, nine tables. <laughs> <laughs> and he is standing behind it. Yeah, it's just uh, the, the way he's taking up this space looks weird. It looks like he's standing on the table, but he's not. Gotcha. Uh, and all of that area is difficult terrain. Uh, okay. Four Bears is a going mile to... away, by the way. But he's fast. He's speedy. All of Joe's characters are fast. He is He is very fast. Uh, okay. Man, this is nerve-wracking. All right, he is going to try to get... He's going to try to get right in this guy's face. Uh, okay. He, he wants to... He doesn't want to get sit here getting peppered with rocks uh, by these two guys. I don't blame him. So uh, he is going to cast a stony, a uh, spell. He touches his chest, and a wild surge of energy courses through his body as he gives himself the spirit of the cheetah. Ooh! And he uh, immediately gets ten times his run speed. What? Whoa! Wow! And he runs. 
around the table, up the steps, all the way around everybody, and goes directly next to this dude. Oh, wow. wow. So, uh, whew, okay, you don't have to run in a straight line, right? You're just running. Right. If you run, you don't have to run in a straight line. Are you right? going to... I'm not, uh, pretty... You can't. That, that charging. wouldn't it's make any charge. sense. It's not a charge. I'm not attacking. And are you going to provoke from him? Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess I would. Yeah, you feeling like well, you want to... So he had a weapon in his hand while he was also throwing stuff. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, he can. Pro- you can provoke his slam until he draws yeah. his weapon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to do that? Uh, do I? Uh, uh, yeah, and he's also going to draw his weapon as as he runs. So he's going to draw the mace as he runs. Okay. okay. So you get right up in his business. Yeah. He is going to. He has not draw uh, drawn his glaive, which is on his back, by the way. Oh man! Uh, but he will go to slam you, and the slam looks like it's no joke. Yeah. Uh, that is going to be a thirty-two to hit. Yeah. That. That hits. That hits. <laughs> oh, no. So he <laughs> just comes down. Shut up. Boom. 17 points of damage. Okay. Right off the top with okay. a big old slam. All right. Hope you brought a backup character. Da, da, da. Pembroke, <laughs> you are up. You are alone by those east doors. I am. Uh, Pembroke is going to fire off a fireball. Oh. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, so I catch those two guys within its radius and miss four bears at Faraza. Okay. Uh, and I think because they are in the light of the braziers, you can see them. Yeah, they yeah. should. You know be. what Second Edition did? They added a new rule that if they're in uh, light and there's pure darkness between you, you yeah. still have the concealment roll. Oh, interesting. They added that in, but yeah. but it's but it's uh, just a concealment roll, not like a uh, uh, total concealment. Right, roll. as a flat right. check. It's a twenty percent, not a fifty percent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're going to throw that in there, and you can definitely do it in a way that's only going to affect. Yes, the it's a twenty foot radius. Uh, so I just put it to the south of four bears, south enough so that four bears is just at the edge of the. And would that radius. hit Hersier and the frost giant? It's yeah, it's like a forty foot like. Uh, Across, so it would hit both of them. Okay, and what are we looking at? Reflex saves. Uh, yes, that is reflex saves. I think that is that is a DC uh, eighty nine. I see it, eighty nine. <laughs> wow, that uh, seems extremely high for a character with thirty eight hit points. <laughs> it's probably seventeen. I uh, I, no, I think it's eighteen. 19. Do you say 19? 19, okay. Because oh, your intelligence is like plus six or something. Right, right, right. Herseer made it. Frost Giant, 19 on the dot. Oh, okay. Wow. So they both made it. Okay, so that's 33 on the dice of fire damage. 33 on the dice of fire damage. And then Pembroke is going to take uh, like five feet step. He's going to step behind uh, the table right to the north, like, like take cover behind me. Beautifully the done. Nelly! Okay, okay. I see how this is going to go down. Frost Giant's turn. Are they both Frost Giants? Is the Hersey or Frost Giant? He's Frosty-ish. Oh, I want to do a Knowledge Local, too. Do you want to see his image again? Oh, Isn't that badass? It's pretty frosty. That helmet looks like it's something. I love the antlers there. Can I do a Knowledge Local on the Hersey to see if there's anything unique about him? Yeah. Uh, That is... Oh, that's not good at all. That's uh, a 15. 15. Yeah, he just looks like, uh, you know, you would assume a powerful Frost Giant. You don't think he has any spellcasting abilities, but you don't know anything special about him. Okay. Um, that's interesting. It's like he's a Frost Giant, but he's a special Frost Giant. Like a role like that. Like, I know. I heard in uh, Skierkard Weekly that Herseer Greganor has these special powers. You know, it's a weird role. Like, how, how would we, you know, how we know yeah. his name? That he would have, like, 
awesome. Well, throw. you could be able to. T- you could know giants well enough, where like you could tell by looking at a giant, like something about them. Right. That would I bet he could cleave. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> well, you know, like something about like frost giant culture was just like ah, this this t- the type of like armor that he's wearing indicates that he would have this kind of training. Right. Right. Whatever. Right. That guy can sunder. <laughs> you know what's funny too? You know what's funny in second edition is like you know because the rolls the DC gets more difficult for knowledge checks as like the CR gets higher. But if it's a famous type of creature that has a very high CR, the knowledge check roll is much lower. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, which, cool. which makes it's been a lot written of sense. about many times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, the frost giant rushes up towards Baron. Difficult terrain. Uh, First couple steps. Okay. Just FYI, Let me get back there. FY Izzle. FY Izzle. My shizzle. I got forty feet of movement. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna come up to the streets. Come up to the streets. Beautiful. 3D. Mm. Step up. Mm. Sorry. Mm. I'm going to sunder your gun. Sunder my gun. Everyone's going after that gun. Brutal. Brutal. Uh, Here it comes. This is a combat maneuver check. Oh. 36. Wow. 36 is a hit. Yeah. But you know what, Troy? Troy? Troy, you know what? Oh, shit, but. I still have out Umlo from last battle. I've not said on this program that I pulled out Della again. Oh! So they may have mended my other one. But did I have it equipped? It's arguable. Uh, if you want it to be Della, you can. You can override it. Is it? Let me ask you this: Would you have pulled it out before you knew I was going to destroy it? I probably would. Can you sleep? <laughs> can you sleep with? So it? Well, I'll let I'll let it happen. Uh, and then how do we do this last time? I'm it's sorry. The, what was your total? Was it 36? It's the, yes, 36. Okay, that's good. And I, did I forget. Do I roll the damage of the like it was an attack? I, I guess so. so. I yeah. think so. It's, uh, I mean, that's going to destroy the gun. But it can uh, still be fixed. It's magical. but Yeah, but it's still out of this combat, which is very... That's very bad. ...deadly for uh, everyone. Everyone. Oh, let's see. That's going to so be 30 points of damage to the gun. The gun has left the building. Oh, <laughs> my, no. oh my God. <laughs> Della died again. Oh, oh. she's dying. Oh, this Della's got a gun. Did that take it below zero HP? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so it's... Effectively destroyed. It can um, be repaired. It can be repaired yeah. uh, through magical means. But <laughs> not in this combat. Shatters the gun. <laughs> That's gonna hurt your hand. This ice cold great axe. Ugh. Don't try to add on more. Damage shatters before. your gun. <laughs> Ooh, this, is, this is so bad. <laughs> so so bad. What could make it worse? You know what could make it worse? In the back of the room, Feyraza. Oh boy. You see, not one. But two more frost giants. Oh, we're dead. Oh, no. Rushing into the room. Time to teleport us out of here. Pembroke knows the force that would have taken out 50 of his own hit points, destroyed a mirror image instead. Baron has no gun. Four bears is toe to toe with essentially a boss. Yes. And Feyraz is flying around, which is all fun and games, but for how long? Find out next week. Oh, no. No. <laughs> oh, I gotta sit on this. This is gonna time. get ugly. Oh, ugly. Jello. <laughs> Pick 
Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.